Good morning, everybody. I have good news for you this morning. The Lord Jesus Christ is coming back. He's coming back soon, and I hope that you are looking forward to that. I hope you're living a life that shows that the Lord Jesus Christ is coming back. Because he, in fact, is coming back. Whether you're ready or not, he is coming. Whether you know it or not, he is coming back. He's made that decision and he will come. He will come at the right time. Uh, I have no doubt of that. Uh, He is coming back. We're going to take a look at that today. Uh, What does the Bible say? about this, and it sure says a lot. I'll tell you right now, I'm not even going to begin to cover everything the Bible says about this. It's just too big of a subject, but we are going to look at some key passages in the Bible, and uh, hopefully uh, this will get us thinking about it, and uh, maybe praying about it, and maybe even changing our lives uh, as a result of this thought that Jesus is coming back. The early church, some of the early church, uh, from what I've heard, use the word Maranatha to remind each other that the, the Lord is coming back. It's a word uh, that means come Lord or Lord come. Uh, it was a way to, to remind each other that they were, he was coming back and also a prayer. Lord, come back. Uh, and it would be an exciting uh, thing to say. So this morning, I am going to use the word Maranatha several times during the message. When I say Maranatha, I want all of you to respond loudly. I want you to say, Amen, come Lord Jesus. Alright, so when I say Maranatha, I want you to say, all of you, kids, uh, make sure your parents are yelling this out, okay? Uh, I want you to say loudly with a little bit of excitement about this, I want you to say, Amen, come Lord Jesus. Let's try it out. Maranatha. That was all right, but maybe louder next time, all right? You don't know when I'm going to say that. It could come at any time. Uh, So uh, anytime I say Maranatha, ah, you're listening. Very good. You're ready. Uh, So very good. So just remember when I say Maranatha, all right, (laughs) good. Okay, so we uh, spent over a year going through the book of Matthew. Uh, We started at the beginning. We talked about the birth of Jesus Christ. We talked about how God himself left heaven, came to earth, and was born a baby. Uh, An amazing thing. Uh, The first coming, we could call that, of Jesus Christ. Uh, We talked about the the wise men. We talked about his life, how he uh, healed the lame. He made the blind see. And he did amazing miracles. There's a lot of miracles in the book of Matthew. And uh, he proved that he, uh, he was the rightful king of Israel. Uh, he taught his disciples, taught many things. Uh, like I said, we've been going through that for over a year. Eventually, uh, we got to the cross where he actually died on a cross for the sins of the world. He took the punishment for the sins of everyone in the world, including you and me. And he truly died. They buried him in a tomb. And three days later, he rose from the dead with power. And uh, he showed himself to many people. And last week, uh, we looked at his final words, uh, some of his final words to his disciples. Uh, and then that brought us to the end of the book of Matthew. Well, what would we read if we, uh, if we kept going through uh, this story? What would be next? Well, we would go to the book of Acts and we would see what happened there. We would see in the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 9, it says, 
After he had said these things, he was lifted up while they were looking on, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And as they were gazing intently into the sky, while he was going, behold, two men in white clothing stood beside them. They also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in just the same way as you have watched him go into heaven. So we saw that Jesus came as a baby, somewhat surprisingly, a humble child. Uh, Amazing uh, that he came, lived a perfect life, died on the cross, rose from the dead, and then ascended back to heaven. He came down from heaven, lived a perfect life, died for the sins of the world, went back to heaven, and he is there now. And right at that moment, I mean, it wasn't even a few seconds that he had been gone. And already, what were the disciples thinking about? They were forced to think about. (laughs) The angel said, hey, why are you looking up there? He's coming back. He is coming back. And so we immediately have, right at the moment that he leaves, the idea that he is coming back. And then uh, the New Testament has a lot to say about that, him coming back. One thing... Oh, Maranatha. That one even surprised me. Uh, One thing I noticed recently in the last year, um, Revelation 22, I just can't get these words out of my head. The last chapter in the Bible, which we did look at in here a couple, was it a year or two ago? Something like that. Uh, Look at what Jesus said in the last chapter of the Bible. What were his closing thoughts here? Uh, He said, Uh, Revelation 22, verse 7. Behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who heeds the words of the prophecy of this book. So when is Jesus coming? He's coming quickly. Verse 12. Behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me. Verse 20. He who testifies to these things says, Yes, I am coming quickly. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. When is Jesus coming? According to his own words, he's coming quickly. Uh, What does that mean? Well, that means he's coming quickly. (laughs) Not only that, but he's coming quickly, he's coming quickly, and he's coming quickly. So three times, and that's the parting thoughts uh, in the Bible. Jesus is coming back, and he's coming quickly according to his own words. When are these things going to happen? What's all the details? Well, um... I'm not going to tell you I'm any expert on this at all. (laughs) Uh, I haven't done uh, half the research that I really wanted to to prepare for this. But we're going to do what we always do here at the chapel. We're going to go to the Bible. We're going to see what it says about these things. And that's what I just did. I just showed you what Jesus said himself. I am coming quickly. And that's what he said. And uh, he tells the truth. He is not a liar. He is coming quickly. What do we say to that? Maranatha. All right. So probably the main passage on the rapture, uh, which is what we're talking about here, uh, would be in First Thessalonians chapter four. So that's mainly what we're going to take a look at today. First Thessalonians four verses 13 to 15, if you want to turn there. Now, I just read some verses from Revelation 22. If we went back into Revelation, uh, we'd see a period of time on earth talked about seven years two and a, two, three and a half year periods of great tribulation on the earth. And there's a lot of detail, a lot of judgment, a lot of death, a lot of wild things going on uh, during that time. 
And then at the end of that, uh, it talks about Jesus returning in power and glory, coming all the way down to the earth and setting up a kingdom for a thousand years. Uh, so a time of great tribulation. And then uh, Jesus coming, his second coming to earth and setting up a kingdom. Uh, that's talked about in Daniel also. And if you remember back in Matthew 24 and 25, we spent several weeks actually going through that. And I learned a lot as we were doing that. Um, but he talked a lot about the, the great tribulation there as well and him coming uh, at the end. It's clear, and the other prophets agree with that too, there will be a time of great tribulation on this earth, and there will be a second coming where he, in fact, does come down. His feet will touch the Mount of Olives. It will split. Things will happen here and there. Judgments will happen, and then he will set up a kingdom for a thousand years. Those things will happen. Uh, but also, there's something else mentioned here in 1 Thessalonians and hints of it at other places in the Bible, something we call the rapture. And we're going to take a look at that and um, hopefully get some insight into this here. So 1 Thessalonians, this is a letter written to the church in Thessalonica uh, by Paul. Of course, ultimately, it was by God. Uh, God had Paul write this letter. And the church in Thessalonica was doing very well. Uh, this uh, this letter, there was no nothing in it that was a condemnation to them. They were a very loving church. Uh, things were going very well. Many of them had turned from idols and other things to serve the true living God. Uh, so it's a great church. Good things were going on. They were known for their love. The love they had for each other uh, was a great thing, and they were commended for it in this book. And there's one other thing about the church in Thessalonica they were looking for the return of Jesus. They took it very seriously, uh, and they were expecting it. And in fact, if you want to do, if you're doing a study on the return of Jesus and the rapture, I found out that not only these verses you want to look at, but you want to look at the whole book of First Thessalonians. Because let me read a couple verses here. Uh, in chapter 1, verse 9 of First Thessalonians, it says this, For they themselves report about us what kind of a reception we had with you how you turned to god from idols and to serve a living and true god and to wait for his son from heaven whom he raised from the dead that is jesus who rescues us from the wrath to come so in chapter one of first thessalonians it says that they were waiting for jesus that's what they were doing they turned to the true living god and part of what they were doing the life they were living was waiting <clears throat> waiting for his son from heaven. They were expecting the return of Jesus, uh, the Thessalonians. And it's interesting, it says here, whom he raised from the dead, that is Jesus, who rescues us from the wrath to come. They were expecting Jesus to come from heaven, and they were expecting him to rescue us from the wrath to come. What exactly does that mean? Well, we could take it a couple different ways. Maybe the eternal wrath or perhaps the wrath of the great tribulation that was going to be talked about as well. But they were expecting Jesus to come back. Chapter 2, verse 19. For who is our hope or joy or crown of exultation? Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus at his coming? So when Paul wrote 1 Thessalonians, he had the idea of the coming of Jesus in his mind throughout the whole book. Uh, they were waiting for him, and Paul was saying, when he comes back, you're going to be our joy and our crown uh, at the coming of Jesus. Jesus is coming back. 
It was in chapter 1, in chapter 2, and guess what? In chapter 3, verse 13. That he may establish your hearts without blame in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. Jesus is coming back. It's throughout the book of 1 Thessalonians. Uh, so there's a lot of information about that, a lot of talk. And they were expecting him to come back. Now, in these verses, we're going to take a close look at uh, Paul's going to give them some detailed information about this coming back. Information they might not have known that would uh, comfort them. All right, so let's get into uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. <clears throat> but we do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, about those who are asleep, so that you will not grieve as do the rest who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. Okay, so verse uh, 13, we do not want you to be uninformed. So they knew, it's important to know, I was realizing in studying this, it's important to know that they knew Jesus was coming back. That's not a new thought to them. They already knew that. But he says, I don't want you to be uninformed. So what's he talking about if they already expected him to come back? Well, they didn't understand some of the details. Uh, so he is informing them. So they will not be uninformed, but they will be informed. Uh, about those who are asleep, and he's clearly talking about those who had died, uh, believers in the Lord Jesus Christ who had died. And the term as asleep is used several times uh, in the New Testament for those who have physically died, uh, their physical body dead. Uh, sometimes it's called asleep. He's actually, actually going to use the word dead soon to talk about the same people. Those who are asleep so that you will not grieve as do the rest who have no hope. When someone dies, that's a, that's a very serious thing. Uh, and all of us here on earth, uh, at some point, unless the Lord comes soon, which he probably will, Maranatha, uh, if he doesn't come soon, uh, then all of us will eventually die. And that's something we all have to deal with and loved ones around us too. Uh, it's a very big deal, isn't it? And there are some who have no hope. Uh, if there's no Jesus Christ involved there, um, what hope do you have? It could be a very sad thing, uh, very troubling, difficult. Um, but he says, you don't have to do that. You don't have to grieve like those who have no hope. You have hope in Jesus Christ. And that's what he's talking about here. Verse 14, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again. So you see, he, he's saying a basis now uh, for what he's about to say. What do we believe? What's the, the thing that's really important that we need to believe here? That Jesus died and rose again. So he's saying, if, if you truly believe that, then, and now he's going to talk about some other things. So it would probably be a good point here at the chapel to say, hey, everybody, do you believe Jesus died and rose again? Do you believe that's true? You know, we just spent a lot of time going through Matthew talking about the life of Jesus and his death on the cross for the sins of the world. And his resurrection. Uh, it's great to know that. It's great to come on to church on Sunday and go through that in the Bible. But do you personally believe that that's true? 
have you taken that uh, to be part of your life? Have you admitted you're a sinner and He died for you when He died on that cross? Have you accepted that? I hope you have. Uh, If you do, if you believe that that's true, then by faith, you are truly saved. Uh, And you're one of the people that are going to be excited when we think about the rapture. Uh, If you haven't, then that's a whole other category. You're not included in this rapture, and uh, that's something you seriously need to think about. The good news is you can accept Him at any point in time. You can trust in Him this morning. Uh, You can believe in the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. If we believe that Jesus died and rose again, I hope you truly believe that that's true. Even so, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. Now, what does it mean here? Even so, God will bring with him. That can be taken a couple different ways. Probably it means uh, it is actually talking about the second coming where he does come all the way down to earth and set up his kingdom here on earth. Who's going to be with him at that point in time? Well, many of the saints uh, are going to be coming with him. And Paul's saying, you know what? The people that have died, you guys are kind of worried about them. The, the church in Thessalonica, they must have been worried that maybe, you know, Jesus hadn't come back yet. There's people dying. They're not going to be here for the resurrection. They're going to, they missed it, you know, or, or maybe they'll just have spirits, but no body for everything else. Or, or there's something that's going to be messed up. But Paul's saying, oh no, they're going to be with him just like us. Uh, when everyone comes... Uh, they will be with them. Even so, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep, those who have died in Jesus. So they they believed in Jesus. They were in Jesus. That's going to be an important term here in this passage, in Jesus. If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord. So what Paul's about to say is, is from God. He's saying, this is not my opinion, This is not uh, an idea. This is not one of many different ideas about prophecy. He's saying this is from God, straight from God. Uh, And that's, as I've been studying this, that's really a a big part of this passage. Um, A good friend of mine uh, has thought a lot about the rapture the last few years, and uh, his brain's kind of been uh, changing on the whole thing and wondering what's what it's really all about. And that's made me think a lot about it. And I'll tell you, his number one problem with the idea of the rapture is that it's just a few verses here in 1 Thessalonians, and that's it, is what he would say, what he told me. Um, And uh, we probably don't want to make a major theology thing based on just a couple verses, which in general, that's true. It should be throughout the Bible. Well, I would say there's hints of the rapture also in other passages as well. This isn't the only one. But you know what? Each verse is very important. And, you know, Paul is saying here, this is the word of God. uh, And it's going to happen. Um, So, even if it is a couple verses here, it is still straight from God. Uh, And this is going to happen, just like it says that it will. Paul's, Paul's realizing that maybe the Thessalonian church, although they had a good knowledge of Jesus coming back, they didn't know this. And that many people probably wouldn't know this. Uh, so this is going to be new information at the time. So he's just reminding them, hey, this is the word of God. This is what God said 
is going to happen. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord. It's interesting uh, the words he used here. We. Did Paul include himself in this? We who are alive and remain. So we're alive and we're still here at the coming of the Lord. Did Paul expect Christ to come soon? Was he expecting that? Was that the next big prophecy thing in his mind? Yes, it was. Uh, the we who are alive. He was expecting that. And he was expecting it soon, like the Thessalonian church. We who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. So he's saying it's not, not just the lucky few that are alive when Jesus comes. And too bad for the people that died. Or, you know, it's nothing like that. Uh, we're not going to precede them. It's all going to work out and we're all going to be together. Maranatha. Verse 16. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with the shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Someday there will be a moment in time at just the right time when God himself, the Lord himself, will descend from heaven. And this time it won't be as a a humble baby in a manger, you know, in Bethlehem. But this time, and this isn't the coming. This doesn't, this doesn't sound at all like the second coming that's mentioned at the end of Revelation and in the, in the prophets. This is something different. Um, he himself will descend from heaven. He's not just sending an angel here. And it is interesting in, in Revelation, a lot of stuff going on uh, is angels. He actually sends angels to do a lot of things. Even at the judgments, the angels actually come and and uh, do a lot of things there. Well, here it's him himself. The Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God. This is the rapture that we're talking about here. And uh, there's one thing I can tell you about the rapture. It's going to be loud. Uh, it's going to be loud. Are you getting the audio part of this, everybody? The Lord will descend with a shout. You know, I've often thought of that as the archangel shouting, but if you look carefully, we don't know for sure, but it sounds like it's Jesus himself. God himself is going to be shouting. I wonder if it's a similar shout that he did when he broke Lazarus from the dead. Remember he yelled, Lazarus, come out? Well, maybe this shout's going to be similar to that. Maybe you might just hear uh, your name. Or those in the grave might hear their name and uh, come back to life at that point in time. But anyway, it's probably going to be loud, that shout. Will everyone hear it? I don't know. Uh, but it's a shout. Not a, not a simple low command. It says it's a shout. With the voice of the archangel, the archangel. Um, a few times in the Bible, the archangel Michael is mentioned, uh, a leader of the angels. This could be Michael here as well. And he's giving uh, a shout as well. What's this about? 
not totally sure, but maybe when Jesus comes down to get all his people to go back up, um, the angels are involved and then Michael says, here we go, guys. All the angels, you know, how many myriads of angels saying, here we go. We're going to go get the believers and we're going to bring them back. And he's saying, here we go. So Jesus is shouting, raising the dead. The angels are coming with the shout of the archangel. And as, as if that's not enough, we've got a trumpet blast of God. Uh, oftentimes in Israel, when there is a trumpet blast, that means it's a gathering. Uh, we're going to gather certain people together. Well, this is a gathering. Uh, there's going to be a trumpet of God probably heard around the entire world. Uh, so although, you know, Mike, you play really great on the trumpet, but it's probably going to be louder than Mike playing on the trumpet. Uh, this is going to be the, the trumpet blast of God. Uh, so shouting the voice of the archangel, the trumpet blast of God, it's loud. And uh, where are we going to meet at? Where's this gathering going to happen? Are we going to go to Jerusalem? Uh, where's it going to happen? Well, the dead in Christ will rise first. The, then uh, we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds. It's a gathering in the clouds with the Lord Jesus Christ. Who's going first? The dead in Christ will rise first. And this is what the Thessalonians were worried about. Uh, the people that believed in Christ and were in the grave now, their bodies were in the grave. Are they just going to have spirits for the rest of eternity? Uh, are they not going to be as good as the people that have bodies when he comes back? Nope, they're going to rise first. Is this going to be quite a moment in time here on planet Earth? It's going to be loud. All sorts of shouts and trumpets and things. Uh, angels. And then people rising from the dead. Now, when a believer dies, uh, the Bible says that we're with the Lord. Uh, so our spirit's with him. And our body is physically there in the grave. And decomposing over time. Well, it says the dead in Christ will rise first. How is that going to happen? Is that impossible? What about people whose bodies have decomposed uh, completely? Can God put them back together? Can God put them back together, everybody? <laughs> yeah, he can. Uh, does he know where every single atom that was in their body is right now? Yeah. What about those who are cremated and they're, they've been scattered around the four corners of the earth? I've heard some people like to do that. Uh, can he put them back together? He sure can. There's not any electron, proton, or neutron in this universe that he does not know right where it's at. And he can put anything back together that he wants to. Uh, how exciting will that be? At that moment, perhaps the twinkling of an eye mentioned in 1 Corinthians. What's God going to do? He is going to raise the dead. That's amazing enough. Uh, remember Lazarus? What did the lady say? You probably shouldn't open that tomb because he stinketh. Is that right? Uh, well, there's people uh, that are going to be dead a lot longer than that, and he's going to put them back together. Can God do it? Yes, he can. He speaks and universes are formed. Uh, he can put you back together. Your loved ones that have been in the grave long for a long time, he can put them together. It will be loud. There will be shouts, voices, and trumpets. Dead will be rising. And uh, where are we going to meet at? This isn't a gathering here on earth, is it? This is a gathering in the clouds. We who are alive and remain. So the dead are going to come out of the graves first. They're heading up to the clouds to be with the Lord. And then those who are alive, 
are going to go up and be with him as well. What if Jesus came right now? This moment, right now. Where would you all go? Well, uh, something to think about, isn't it? Kind of an exciting thought, actually. Uh, You would go up and meet. Who are you going to meet up in the clouds? You know, the fact that we get to go up to the clouds, I'm excited about that. Uh, Pretty exciting. Uh, How are we going to get through the roof? (laughs) It's fun to think about that. Uh, You know, science-wise, though, you know, atoms, you know what most of an atom is? We're all made of atoms. Most of an atom is, Larry, what is it? Empty space. Empty space. That's empty space up there. Can God fit things through other things? Actually, uh, I don't think it would be any problem for him to do that. Uh, Science-wise, or he could do it some other way. We're going to go up to the the sky. We're going to meet him in the air. If he came right now, you would go up. And who are you going to meet? Not just the Lord. That's the greatest person up there. But who else is going to be up there? Maybe in your mind you can just name some people that are going to be up there. We're going to have a meeting with them. Is that going to be kind of exciting? (laughs) Yeah. Probably most everything that ever happened in your life you'll probably forget about (laughs) at that moment. And that will be the number one thing on your mind. There's the Lord Jesus Christ. There's this person. There's that person. Uh, Our loved ones in Christ will be there as well. And you look down and there's the earth way down there and we're flying up in the sky. (laughs) Oh, and there's the angels escorting us back to heaven. Uh, Kind of an exciting moment in time. We will be caught up. That's where we get the word rapture. The Latin word uh, for caught up. Uh, it sounds kind of like the word rapture. That's where we get this word. So it says we'll be caught up together with them in the clouds. The word could also mean seized or snatched. Several commentaries and things that I was looking at on this, they don't really like the word caught up. They think uh, seized or snatched actually gets the point across even better. Jesus is going to come and he's going to snatch everyone, all of his people, right off of this planet. And he's going to bring them up. uh, And they're going to be together with him in the clouds, to meet the Lord in the air. There's a lot of exciting things that are going to happen at that moment in time. And so we shall always be with the Lord. Maranatha. Are you looking forward to that? I hope so. Things will be made right then. And you know, will you ever... For eternity, after that moment, will you ever be away from the Lord? I don't know how that's going to work, but you know what? It says you're going to be with Him forever after that moment. What a moment in time that will be. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. This should be a comforting thought to you this morning. Mainly it was comforting for them because they were worried about those who had died. Uh, believers who had died that they, they might miss out on something. He says, oh no, they're going to be there too. And we're all going to be together. That's comforting. It should be comforting too to think about you're going to be with Jesus Christ forever. 
Uh, this life, uh, you know, good things can happen here. There's a lot of blessings here, but there's a lot of tough stuff, isn't there? Uh, maybe you're going through hard times right now. Maybe uh, you've been through hard times. There's tough stuff here on this earth, isn't there? Well, someday you're going to be with the Lord. And that's going to be a lot better. Life can be great on this earth, but being with the Lord is going to be so much better uh, than that. So this is something we should look forward to uh, in so many different ways. One day, church, Jesus will come. There will be a shout, the voice of the archangel, and the trumpet blast of God. And, uh, and things will be changed. If this is true, if this is what we're looking for, the Thessalonians were looking for this. They weren't looking for a seven-year tribulation and this happening at the end. It sounds like this is what they were expecting now. This was the next event in God's prophetic timetable here. And as a church, this is what we should be looking for uh, to happen soon. Is there any reason Jesus couldn't come now? I don't know of any. Uh, I mean, there's lots of passages here and there we might discuss that but it sure seems like the early church was expecting his coming and that was around 2,000 years ago so are we even closer than they were to his coming you know I can guarantee you this I can guarantee you two things about when his coming is going to be and maybe that's what you're thinking about when's he coming I will tell you this he will come at the right time God's timing's great uh when he came the first time it was at the right time I was just reading in Romans 2 that at the right time he died for the ungodly. At the right time, the rapture will happen. I can tell you that. And I can tell you this. We are closer right now than we ever have been. Is that true? It is. You are closer than the church has ever been to the rapture. And right now, we're even closer than when I just said it. Uh, he is coming soon. So how should this affect our lives? Uh, it says in Titus chapter 2, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. It should affect our lives. First of all, you need to make sure you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, that he died for your sins and rose again. Have you accepted that? If not, you're not ready. Uh, you need to talk to him today. The Bible says you're a sinner and deserve his wrath. But he died and took the punishment for your sins. He's alive today. And if you pray and you ask him to forgive you, he will forgive you based on that. And you can be uh, in his family. And when the trumpet blast comes, you'll be one of those that will be going up to meet him in the air. Those of us that know that that's true, it's an exciting thought. Think about it often. Remind yourself. Write this down on things. Remind each other. We're supposed to comfort one another with these words. Uh, also, should it affect how we live our lives? Do you really think that he really could come back like tomorrow? Would that affect the decisions that you make? You know, an interesting thing that happened, I didn't plan this, but uh, I knew I was going to speak on this about maybe two and a half months ago, so I put it on my calendar. I just wrote rapture on my calendar, <laughs> and I had it scheduled for today. It's just been, it's been funny to see that on my calendar. I just have to laugh, and it reminds me, you know, 
It could happen. Maybe it should affect my plans. That would be good. Think about it when you're making your plans. And when you decide what you're going to do each day. What are you going to pour your life into? Your money and your resources and your time. Think about the rapture. Also, we should be spreading the word of this. uh, That anyone can be saved. And then we should be talking to people about this too. But as it says here, it says encourage one another. So we should be encouraging one another. My final prayer is going to be fairly short, so I'm going to invite the the music team to come up right now. So music team, if you want to come on up, everyone can stare at you as you watch it walk up here. Uh, So remember, uh, Jesus is coming soon. That should affect our lives right now. We should uh, encourage one another with those words, encourage ourselves as we uh, think about that, and hopefully it could have an effect on our lives. All right, so I'm just going to pray. If you guys want to respond with something, you can, and then we'll go right in to the singing time. My prayer is actually just one word. Maranatha.